Welcome to a very special edition of No Seriously. How do I do this? I'm Summer. When we became a family of six, we recognized that vacations were going to look a lot less like Disney World and a lot more like camping, (laughs) glamping. And so we've been hitting the road, inviting friends, artists over to our campsite to share their heart on the Glampcast. Welcome to our third and final installation of the Glampcast, at least for now. I I like to think that we're going to have artists come hang out in our tent more frequently in the future. But today's episode is one that is especially close to my heart, and I'm really excited to share with you what Jordan Feliz had to say about things. But I do need to warn you a little bit because today we talk about miscarriage. Today we talk about that very profound loss. It's a topic very close to my heart, very close to Jordan's heart. And if you are someone who's maybe dealing with this, I invite you, I encourage you to listen. If you have someone in your life who needs encouragement, please invite them along. But if you are being honest with yourself and you're like, Summer, I I don't know if I'm quite ready. I need to warn you that we go there. We talk about it. We talk about healing and hope and all of that. And so I would love for you to be on board, but I don't want to cause you more hurt. So if this is a topic that you might need to come back to at a later date, do that. You are always welcome here. But without further ado, ladies, gentlemen, Jordan Feliz. When I go to sit down with an artist, I always like to do my homework, right? Dr. Google. Yeah. uh, Helps me out a lot. 100%. And you've shared, and I would love if you were willing to share um, a loss you guys had. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're super, super open about that. So, yeah. It's something that shockingly so many people have experienced, heartbreakingly. Like, I think it's one in four, I think, is the statistic right now. Yeah. So, for you guys, would you share with me a little bit of what that journey looked like? Yeah. Yeah, so we had never really even, like, considered. I think that's another thing, is until you have a miscarriage, you never really consider that that's a thing. It's usually, like, you get pregnant and you have a baby. You know what I mean? You know, we were not planning to have a baby, but it just kind of happened, and it was like, oh, my gosh, like, we're pregnant, and, you know, you start going through the motions of, like, fear Mm -hmm. and then a lot of excitement, and you're Mm -hmm. super pumped up. I remember I I was at work. Um, I was valeting in Nashville, and my wife just called me. And she's like, "Hey, something's not right. Um, you know, I I think something's wrong. Like, I need to go to the ER. Like, you know, I'm bleeding a lot. Like, a lot of stuff is going on. I I don't I don't know what's what's going on. I I just have to go to the ER. And I'm like, okay. Uh, as I walked in, my wife was just kind of, you know, you could just tell she was just in a really dark spot. Because she actually had to, like, pass it and everything. Oh, sure. How far along and, is she? Uh, 15 weeks. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. We we kind of went through this period where I, I think as a husband, I don't really know if it... It really didn't set in for me for a while. It was kind of strange because for her, there was a lot of, of, of deep, deep-seated sadness mm-hmm. um, immediately. And I think in my mind, I was like, I was the one that I just needed to be strong. I needed to, you know, tell her that everything was okay and all this stuff. And um, really, it took about six months and then all of a sudden it just hit me. 
because we started trying again and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And my wife also had uh, something called endometriosis. Yeah. And so it was already supposed to make it difficult for us to have kids. Um, but the the one thing about our first miscarriage was the the way to basically completely clear out endometriosis is to have a baby. And so through our loss of our of our first child, um, it made it capable so that we were able to have kids, you know. But like I was saying, you know, like six months down the road after this whole thing had happened, it really hit me and I just broke down one night. And I realized I had never actually really mourned. I had just like been saying it was fine. You know what I mean? Um, but I think for me, I started realizing like in our prayer life, through like trying to cover up stuff, I felt like I, I had started having like a little bit more of like a calloused, jaded heart towards God too. Mainly because I just felt like, why, why would you do this? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, why would this even be happening? Like, that's not necessarily like anything that anybody ends up talking about too. We we started realizing that we would go and talk to a friend and our friends would be like, oh yeah, you know, I, I had one of those five months ago or whatever. And it's just like, wait, and you're not talking about this? You're like, what's going on? Like, how, how come? Like, because there's so much that goes uh, into this, pro- into the process of making a baby and like a woman's body and all these things. And the fact that nobody was talking about it was like, what is going on? So my wife just started sharing about it more. And I started writing about it more because I knew that it was something that people weren't talking about. They weren't discussing. They weren't talking about the thoughts that they had or the fears or the heartbreak or the the hope or, you know, anything. It, the, mm-hmm. There was just radio silence on it. And so I really started um, kind of championing that. And so every record that I've put out has a song that's about that, mainly because I just don't want to lose the heart behind what we've been through. And and what's kind of crazy is is that has now happened to really close friends and we've been able to navigate it with them because we've had to do it and I think a lot of people feel like they're alone in it and it's because nobody talks about it yes and I'm like man like you're not alone like you're walking past people in the grocery store and I guarantee you there's at least 30 women in that store that have been through the same thing you've been through they just they just don't talk about it so we made it a point of just doing that. And I, ha- I have a song on my new record, Say It, and it's called When I Say My Prayers. I was sitting in the back of my bus, and my friend, who's also named Jordan, is a producer, but he got a phone call from his wife, and they had lost their fourth pregnancy. He was just super distraught about it because they, they had not dealt with that yet. And my other producer, they had been through that. And so we started writing this song called when I say my prayers and it was just the idea of it was just like the way we envision our children after the fact that they're in the arms of Jesus you know I see you in the arms of Jesus when I close my eyes like wondering about who they would have been what their what their laugh would have sounded like what their cry would have sounded like and so there's so many different things that you just people don't discuss and I just really really wanted to make that an open forum for people Um, especially when it comes to me because my wife and I feel very passionate about normalizing it. And and another huge thing is doctors have like zero bedside manner for anything like this because they're so desensitized to it because it's so frequent. 
the, the problem with that is that there's nowhere for you to go to process it outside of your own home. And because everybody is so excusing of it, it feels like you're just constantly like, well, okay, I guess, you know, I should just get over it. It's like, no, 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 you shouldn't get over it. This is a loss as powerful as, as any loss. But it's one of those things, man, that I just feel really passionate about because I've seen my wife go through a really dark season of depression because of it because kind of the way that things played out and were handled and how people would talk to her about it it's almost like you're excusing your your baby you know and uh we just really wanted to shift that and change it for people goodness i'm sorry Uh, no it's okay i know that that these things are they're really tough uh but that's why we have to talk about it. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sitting here a mess. No, 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 you're good. I've shared it on the podcast before, but um, I have twins at home. Yeah. And when, right when we found out they were twins, so about 11 weeks in for us, my sister, who's pregnant at the same time, found out she was losing her son. Yeah. And it's something that... You think once you get past that 12-week mark, you're safe. That's what they tell you. 100%. And you you dare to let yourself be hopeful. Yes, 100%. And then, I mean, it's always painful, but when you feel like it's it, we're good. You know, especially with your wife when she felt like this was going to be a battle for her to ever have children. Yeah. To have to make peace with saying goodbye before you ever got to say hello. Uh, 100%. Yep. And then... The bedside manner, my sister, she was a little bit different. She found out that her baby had anencephaly, which meant that his his brain had never developed. Okay. And so when you look at the ultrasounds, there's nothing above the brow line. Gotcha. And she found out a week and a half after her ultrasound. Yeah. The doctor didn't get around to calling her. And so she had her 20-week ultrasound, goes home, finally started planning, yeah, setting up a registry. You know, she had this yeah. this foreboding before then that something was wrong, but you know, yeah. no one, she's like, okay, I think I can actually I think start. I can do this, yeah. A week and a half later, gets a call. So matter of fact, yeah, it looks like your baby doesn't have a brain. And if we confirm your baby has no brain, then your baby's going to die and we're going to need to take care of that. Yeah. Yep. And it was just like that. And she yeah. calls me. Literally. And I was on air. And she is trying to explain, and I lost it. And sometimes you just need someone to lose it with you. A hundred percent. But then understanding that this tribe is so vast, those that have lost their children, whether it's four weeks and eight weeks and 20 weeks and, you know, whether they're two years old, there's nothing that fully prepares you for that loss. No, no. And that illusion of isolation when we just feel like we're in these waters alone and that what you mentioned as the dad feeling like you just need to be strong. You need to be the strong one and not giving yourself time to mourn. Yeah. I want to know in that period, as you were going through that, yeah, you said you asked God, you know, why, why would you let this happen? Yeah. What did your quiet time with the Lord look like when you dared to be honest with him? Yeah. You know, I wasn't really able to be honest with him until the time that I really started to actually process and feel better. And one of the things that really helped uh, was actually, this is kind of a miracle in itself because it was right after my career really had taken off, but I had just seen on my phone notifications that I had a, 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 a Facebook message from somebody 
who attended the church that I was a worship leader at in California. And she wrote me this big letter. As I started reading it, I just knew that she was typing this out for me. And it was the Lord breathing something like a testimony out of her to comfort me. And really what it was is that I started really like not necessarily doubting God or doing any of that. It was more of just like, I, I always tell people, it's like, how do you talk to somebody that you're mad at? You know what mm. I mean? How do you start, how do you start that discussion? For some people, it's just like cussing at somebody. For some people, it's just like yelling or just ignoring or, you know, and I didn't really know how to handle it. So I ended up getting this huge, long novel of a Facebook message. And my initial instinct was like, this is going to take forever. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this lady, she was, she was telling me about her story and how, so in, in 2007, uh, her son was shot and killed in Afghanistan. Mm. And six months after that, her daughter died in a car accident. Oh, wow. And so in under a year, both of her kids, she lost both of her kids. And, and then two years go by and her husband goes in for a routine doctor's appointment. And the doctor is just like, Hey man, you've got like two weeks to live. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's like, you've got an aggressive form of cancer, like all over your body. It's like all over his, his major organs. Like it's in everything and that's it. So they had like two weeks and he was gone like clockwork. And she told me, she said, I know that your loss and my loss are exactly the same. Um, she said, obviously they look different to everybody else, but in the eyes of heaven, they're exactly the same because now the souls of our loved ones have walked in and now they're with Jesus. She said, take my advice. You can go and you can look for answers everywhere here, but you will not find them because the true answer to eternal and perfect peace is Jesus. And so she said, you can go look for it in anything. You can you can try to figure out the medical reasons why. You can try to figure out your own stuff. She's like, you know, for a season I ran to alcohol and for a season I ran to tobacco for a season. I ran to I was just trying to patch this thing up, but it was because I'd never let I never let God into the wound. I just was always trying to do my own due diligence to figure out how I can cope, but not to heal. Yeah. And I think for us as humans, because it's such a personal thing to lose a child or a baby or anything, we run to things and we run to trying to answer our own questions and we, we want to point the fingers. That's like a very human tendency is just yes. to point. The, it's your fault. It's you, you know, and it's one of the reasons why we see a lot of people angry at the church, you know, and angry at Jesus for somebody in the church's, you know, issues. And so in that message, I just felt like Holy Spirit just poured over me and was just like, I love you. I mean, dude, I just sobbed like a child for like three hours because I had spent months just like not going to church. We weren't doing, you know, and it's again, it wasn't like we walked away from faith or I stopped believing in God or anything. It was more of just like, I just don't really want to deal with you. Her, her message to me was so eye-opening because it's like, man, the one thing that we have to remember is that we live in an imperfect world that's full of sin and full of brokenness. The quicker that we can realize that Jesus is always the answer for those things, the quicker we'll be able to move on and the quicker that we'll find 
joy and peace and and the answers that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And they may not look like the answers that we want human nature-wise, but they will look like the answers that we need on kingdom level. That was a huge one for me, and it helped me process a lot of my quiet time with God after that, too. I have a significant amount of deeper-rooted trust in Him, mainly just because I know that He's really the God who He says He is. Mm-hmm. And I think that that people that are struggling with, with that heartbreak, that loss, that all that, I can't sit there and say, if, if I was talking to a mom that lost her baby two days ago, I, I would never, ever sit there and just say, well, Jesus, you know, is the, the perfect peace. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like, that's such a, you know, it sounds terrible to say, but it's almost, it's so Christianese. It's so... Such a platitude. It, it it's is. Easy. It's so yeah. easy to say. But what I, what I will say is I, whenever I do meet those families, because usually, you know, when we play a song like Prayers or when we say, uh, or if we play a song like Satisfied, it's like we always have people that come up and they're like, man, I've never even told anybody that I had, I had three miscarriages. You know, I had this, but I've never even dealt with that. Mm-hmm. I've never even mourned it. And I always just tell people, I'm like, man, like, take the time like you have yes. to. Because you can't fully put your trust and your reliance and your hope in God unless you've dealt with something that's that's deep-rooted like that. Mm-hmm. And I find that that's what ends up holding us back from actual faith in a lot of ways, too. Is And I know this is going even deeper than just the, the miscarriage thing, but mainly because it's taught me so much even just about my faith and about my hope in Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? But man, like... The one thing I will say is, is if that's something that anybody's going through or that, that you've been through, I say, I'm going to say I challenge you because a lot of people don't navigate the loss. They don't, they don't have the patience and they don't have the, uh, honestly, they don't have like the, the confidence to do it. I didn't (laughs) until I was told to. And so I'm telling you that do that. Take the time for you, your wife, or for you and your husband to really like sit there. And I'm sure you've been told this too, but a lot of people will say like to, to name your child. We didn't really feel called to name our child, but we felt really called to continually talk about our first child with our children. So okay. we, we always talk about him and we're like, you know, you guys have a brother who's in heaven. And when you guys go to heaven someday, you're going to meet him. It's going to be awesome, you know. Oh. And so, like, we, we make it a, a big point of reminding our kids because it, that makes it, it him real for us. So, And I think that is so important. My nephew, who passed, um, he was named, his name is Dominic Wesley. Amazing. And it was very similar with our girls because they were part of the journey all along. They were the birth announcement. You know, they yeah. come out wearing a shirt that says, you know, big cousin as of June 2020 or, or whatever. Of course. And so for them, it was this exciting ride. And, you know, we had a choice. Our kids at the time were three and five. It's like, how deep do we go with this? You know, how freely yeah. do we? But we'd always made the decision to be honest with our kids yeah. and trust that, you know what, just like they say that babies bounce when it, you know, they're not as yeah. breakable as you think they are. Totally. Well, it, it's true emotionally as yeah. well for kids and, yep. and intellectually. And so, you know, explaining that Dominic is sick and we explained why we explained totally. what happened. And, and, you know, I went to the hospital while my sister delivered and I got to hold my nephew and 
And that was a really special time. And, you know, and sharing that they weren't there, but you know, there was pictures and just letting them be a part of it. But now listening to my kids pray, they thank God for the members of their family and they always thank God for baby Dominic. Yes. And they always ask questions like, is baby Dominic dancing in heaven with Jesus? And I can't wait to go to heaven. My daughter gets so morbid sometimes. She's like, I just, when am I going to get to go to heaven? I want to meet Jesus. Yeah. I want to dance with baby Dominic. And it makes it so real and beautiful for them. Yeah. And I just, I love that. And I, w- I want to second what you were saying about take the time to deal with it and show yes. yourself grace if you don't deal with it well. Yes. You know, God can take Dude. it. Like you said, sometimes people get mad at someone they love and they, they ignore them and sometimes they cuss them out. And you know yep. what? I'm not telling you to go cuss out God. Like no. I wouldn't say no. to like, all right, here's my prescription. <laughs> but I'm also yes. going to say if you find yourself and that is your, your honest response. Yeah. Yeah, it might, it might be unpopular to say, but he can take it. He's got a yeah. big chest. He can handle his kids pounding on it from now on. God gets angry as well. Yeah. Like, the anger of God is real still. You mm-hmm. know, I feel like we live in a society that loves to talk about the love of Jesus. And he he loves us. But, like, the Godhead is is more than just Jesus. It's a, it's a whole unit. And God himself, if you've ever read the Bible, he's jealous, you know, yeah. he gets angry. He gets and even mad. Jesus got angry. And even Jesus did. I always tell people that I'm like, man, like, remember that, like, he's expecting us to fall. He's expecting us to cry. He's expecting us to cry out. He's expecting us to yell. If you think I've stubbed my toe and have not yelled before, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, like it hurts. It sucks. You know, there are so many different things in life that are not good. I challenge you to to let that out, man. Like yeah. whether it's anger, whether it's fear, shame, whatever it is that you're carrying around uh, that's to do with a miscarriage, if it's to do with a relationship, if it's to do with anything. I say all that because our miscarriage taught me that. Yeah. It's funny that your daughter says that because I, I told my wife, I know it sounds super morbid, but there's something in me that's less afraid of dying now because I know that I have a son there and I know that like when I get to heaven if I'm if I died today it would be like you know what and not only do I get to meet the creator of the universe but I also I get to go hold my boy you know and I get to see him and that's to me is it has made life even sweeter you can truly live that next five minutes like it's your last and 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 not really have fear that whole situation has taught me so much about about the Lord and it's taught me so much about myself and so much about my wife and how much I just love and adore her. God always can make something like those kinds of situations into something that you, you almost, you're almost thankful for in the long run. It's kind of strange, but. One of the beautiful pictures that we've spoken to our kids about and, and they love to bring up is we talk to them about how Jesus is in heaven, you know, preparing a place for us. Yeah. And the girls are like, is Dominic helping him? And we just, we just picture our little nephew, like helping pick out the throw pillows for our living room or whatever, you know, like just really excited to meet us and have it perfect. And it's just, you know, just that, that picture. And I don't know if that's how it works, but it just, it's something exciting and it makes heaven a little less scary. It totally does. Yeah, and not that 100%. heaven should be a place of fear, but no. but yeah. you know it, it's it's true that's in our nature as humans that yeah. as much as we are excited to meet Christ, there's that innate fear yeah. of death and, and of the unknown, but knowing that we got a friend on the other side, and so I just yeah I love that. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you 
for for sharing just so honestly and I'm sorry for like sitting over here blubbering. <laughs> it's just such, Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, no, it's something I, so honestly, close to my heart. Honestly, I I love that and I love that it's so close to your heart cuz it's so close. It's so close to mine and it's so close to my wife's and I like don't ever apologize for crying about stuff like that cuz I mean there were probably five shows that I couldn't even make it through some of these songs, you know, cuz it still comes up, you know. Yeah. But the more and more I normalize the talking about it, the easier it gets for me. And so that's one of the things that I've really cherished about being able to discuss something like this with with friends is just being able to dive into this and find hope in a in a in a, a situation where it seems like there is none. So. And I think that is what it comes down to. It's so important if you have been through something like this and you are feeling like you're alone and you don't know how to process and you don't know how to talk about it and maybe the doctors didn't share the news well or maybe people said the wrong things. The fact is your story is important. And Jordan, just like that friend, was bold enough to be like, look, here's this horrible thing that happened to me and I want you to know here's my truth. And it can come across as platitudes and easy when you just tell people to just trust Jesus. Yeah. But when you've been there and when you can speak from a place of honesty and, and real pain and just be like, here's what got me through. I know what you're going through, but it starts with being willing to share and being willing to be honest. And then we've, we've got to lose this illusion that we are somehow the only ones who have ever experienced this. Yes. (sighs) Yep. Transparency is the key to honest healing yes i mean it really is it's it's when you can actually run to your actual community and just say hey this is what's going on and mm-hmm. like i just need somebody we all do mm-hmm. <laughs> even though whatever you're seeing on instagram or whatever it is and it's a perfect painted picture it's like man you can look at somebody's highlight reel but the greatest part is when you can actually get in somebody's mess yeah it's like what real genuine community looks like well thank you jordan and and i i i think i speak for both of us when i say if you are someone listening who is struggling and is in this place and you don't feel like you have anyone who would understand you are welcome to reach out to me summer at seriouslyhow.com i know jordan i'm sure if someone were to try they could reach out to you and and yep it's it's important that we rally together as a community because we are in this together and so thank you for sharing your story and for being here today oh my goodness thank you for having me it's my honor there is something profoundly beautiful about sitting with friends about opening up about those areas of pain trauma joy blessing about being honest in our journey and so I so appreciate Jordan and going there keep praying for him keep praying for his wife and their family because you know this kind of pain it never fully heals does it And maybe you're in that place right now and you are feeling that. Please hear me today. You are not alone. Now, I say that at the end of every single episode. You are loved and you are not alone. But it is true. And it is true in this because this is one of those areas of deeply and profoundly personal pain. And so I want you to know, I just, I want to wrap my arms around you right now and tell you that you are loved, that you are held, that you're going to be okay And it's okay if you're not okay today. And if you do need to reach out, if you want to share what's on your heart, if you want to be a deeper part of this community, two ways to do that. First, find us on Facebook. Search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This? at facebook.com. Join the community and shoot me an email if you need to talk. 
If you need someone to pray for you, summer at seriouslyhow.com. And as always, friend, hear me. You are loved and you are not alone.